the Ambitious Radio Network. Conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders. Are you an entrepreneur, startup junkie, or just someone interested in improving their leadership skills? If you're looking to be motivated, inspired, and uncover what it takes to get to the next level, listening to Ambitious Radio will be well worth the investment of your time. We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show. Good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, Grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for a free credit report evaluation. RepairMyCreditNow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today? Today, we're going to be talking to Howard Lee and Lenny Ujic of Nations Lending. Uh, Howard was a strategic consultant in London, Shanghai, and Singapore. He's a managing director of Rocket Internet, the largest tech incubator in the world, and uh, really had a lot of explosive growth there. Since 99, they launched over 200 market-leading companies in 50 countries. Managing director at Groupon China, a joint venture with Tencent, which is one of the largest tech companies in China. Is also a managing director and co-founder of Zalora, a large e-commerce. It was in seven different countries in Asia, raised $238 million. And there's Lenny. Now, Lenny is my New York buddy. Uh, Lenny is an award-winning professional, seasoned mortgage veteran. He really looks to meet the needs and exceed the expectations of his clients. Uh, Lenny leads operations and, and really takes care of all the back office type stuff at Nations Lending. And they have found, really are formed, I should say, a great team, really a, so, a super mortgage company that takes technology and then it kind of combines it with experience and really changes the, the dynamic of the business and what's going on. I've worked with hundreds of loan officers over the years and I've actually visited their location and it really is just cutting edge. It, it is it is crazy how they're they're sorting all the different technical information and, and uh, we're going to get into the details of that. So anyway, guys, welcome to the show. What do we leave out? <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Happy Appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, my uh, my history uh, starts out. I was actually uh, a stockbroker on Wall Street uh, for a couple of years, so uh, I've always been what I refer to as a headset guy uh, inside sales. I've always walked around with a headset and always uh, been the guy that's uh, essentially the closer, so to speak. So uh, from there, I went on to mortgage, and then from mortgage, now I've learned and mastered FHA and VA financing. It's it's what we love here, helping first time home buyers with uh, less than perfect credit. Gotcha, gotcha. And then and then Howard now, I know your background is really like high tech and explosive growth. So, you know, how was it that um, you know that you two guys even even met? I mean, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and and how you guys crossed one another's paths. So, my background, I mean, I'm I'm just a kid from the burbs here in Plano. Um, I went overseas for about 2-3 years in the London markets, uh, financial markets essentially. London covers Western Europe, um, Shanghai, uh, Singapore, um, all big financial markets. So uh, 
that earned me, I did the three-year analyst program, jumped out to, that earned me kind of the right to go to Harvard um, for my master's in finance, jumped out of there, and I got recruited by this group called Rocket Internet. Um, and what they do is they go in and they copy business models in the U.S. that are about to go public. Um, they bring it overseas. So it's a proven business model. They bring it overseas and they grow that business model. Um, and they sell it back to the company uh, as a competitor. They sell it back to the company um, and become that company. Now, they have about 350 portfolio companies at the moment. Um, some of their big exits would include eBay. So they are eBay Europe, um, Groupon. They uh, own a little bit more shares than the co-founder himself, Andrew Mason. Um, and the key takeaway from that is they look at, they look at companies that are monetizable. It's not, hey, I think this is going to be very innovative and someday generate revenue. They look at uh, companies that can make immediate money, and their innovation is not so much in the idea, like Silicon Valley is, but more so in the execution. They take those ideas, bring it overseas, grow it, and they become a market leader to the point where the original company can't, uh, has to take a look at them as an acquisition target to grow in international markets. So, um, but that, what, what that really amounts to is, um, working in tech, you know, in that space, it's really about the people. We're constantly bringing on really good guys, developing talent, right? And that's the only way you can scale operations and technology because things are changing so quickly. You're having to rely on your staff, your I mean, they call them rock stars. Uh, rock stars are people that you identify as someone that's worth 20 employees, 30 employees, someone that's, a, that's going to bring tremendous value, not just now, but two, three, four years down the line because they just produce so much, um, tangibles and intangibles. So uh, my background is a little bit more on the business tech side. Um, I think when, when I was looking to come back to the U.S., I was looking at several businesses. Um, I ran into Lenny and Irving at his office, and he presented like a business model um, that was really interesting. And he was already very, very successful. I mean, Lenny probably can expand on that, but he was already running branches and operations for two, three years. I looked at it and, sa and, I, and I said, hey, there's a potential for us to team up you know, and grow something really unique. Um, we have different skill sets. Lenny is what we call a subject matter expert. He knows his space inside out, um, has already done it very successfully. Um, and then I look at it as, hey, maybe we can put a little bit more gas on it. Um, and so that's how this conversation started. So that's real interesting there, Howard. So now let's talk about you guys met in Irving, and then what made you guys decide to, to team up? Because you've got this high-tech, um, you know, ex and then you've got this acceleration program that you're trying to kind of mend together. How did, how did you guys decide that, you know, this makes sense? We, um, we actually, uh, we, we sat down um, and, and we spoke about, you know, first what my vision was, um, and then Howard shared what his vision would be. And... We had the same vision. <laughs> it really was. It was definitely to grow something bigger and with a purpose. Um, and actually, and really be involved in the mortgage industry and try to change the way people looked at, the, especially this type of financing that we're, we're doing here. Um, also, I mean, 
it's just when two entrepreneurs meet, two hardworking, first-generation kids meet, and real recognizes real, I think that was pretty much the icing on the cake. Um, when Howard walked in, um, I was the branch manager of my branch, but I'm a true entrepreneur, so I wore every single hat you could imagine in the office. So I was installing uh, antivirus <laughs> software on a Saturday night underneath the desk while Howard was in there talking to me about what the future was. And the future was simple. I don't want to install antivirus software on a Saturday <laughs> night anymore. I want to spend it with my family. So uh, that's kind of how we started. Yeah. So Lenny, being the entrepreneur he is, uh, he's installing... Uh, antivirus software, doing like he was doing computer stuff, uh, working out the kinks of the printer, and uh, and and one of the things that they the first thing they teach you when you're incubating a company on a technical side is uh, work with your strength. You can cover your back, but you don't want to do you don't want to focus on your weakness or areas that you don't know because there's going to be other people that can naturally do it much much better, right? So uh, immediately right off the bat, we, I could identify, man, uh, Lenny is very good at X, Y, and Z, and are his weakness areas that I could cover? And I have weaknesses, A, B, C as well too. Are these things that Lenny can cover? Well, the answer was yes. We kind of delved into the details. And not only are the weaknesses you know, or the, the areas that we weren't covering, we didn't, we didn't even enjoy them. So it was like, okay, well, if you enjoy do this, I can do this very, very well. And if you, um, and if, if you can cover me on that, this, you know, this is this is going to be a good partnership. Now, does the vision align, right? Are we looking to do something besides just generate revenue or build a company with X, Y, Z employees? Well, the answer was yes. We were looking. We saw uh, areas that were underserved. Um, that weren't addressed, um, and so we we just started that conversation, and we just started talking, and um, the conversations were pretty quick. Uh, we we found out that you know we were aligned, and um, it was a no brainer at that point. And you know, let me ask you this: during this process, because always you know it's almost like a business marriage, you know, especially with partners. And I've had some in the past, and I've and I've had businesses without. Um, there are definite strengths to having partners because you mentioned, you know, being able to kind of shore up other people's weaknesses. Um, however, uh, there are some weaknesses as well. But with with that being said, t- tell me a little bit about maybe some of the landmines that you guys might have uh, stepped on during this process over the last uh, little while that that you you know you didn't expect. But then, how did you kind of progress through those? With, with uh, as far as partnership goes? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with expectations. Um, so Lenny, uh, and Lenny can jump in at any time. Lenny comes from the origination side. So he loves to do sales, right? Um, but honestly, at this phase, and we have around 30 plus LOs, it doesn't make any sense for Lenny to do originations, right? He should be focused on business development. So one of the landmines is, hey, Lenny s- sat in large call centers and I think, in fact, I think he was one of the original members of uh, Loan Depot and he saw that uh, system grow. Um, I have a background also in growing sales teams as well too, right? So at Groupon, we went from, I don't know, fi- 10, 15 salespeople to several thousand, Right, and putting that structure in place is something I enjoy. So we both sat down and said, "Hey, I know you have uh, this experience, but we—I think it makes more—you know, 
it makes more sense if you did business development and operations uh, because I think I can add a lot of value and this is what I plan um, to do on the sales side. And I think landmine would be if we both kind of cross over and try to do the same job, that'd be really tough. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. But instead, you know, uh, everything that we do, we're very open book. I mean, it's not like we have just one meeting a week. We, I mean, uh, Lenny will be in our, my office, you know, two, three times going over, reviewing things that we need to go through, the numbers um, and the structure and strategy. And the same, likewise, when we're doing operations, I'll jump in and Lenny will fill me in on things he's trying to accomplish. So I think one of the major things is expectations and after that communication yeah you know uh, I, I was listening to uh, or watching a video the other day that had uh, Damon John on it and, and uh, you know the FUBU guy and, and Shark Tank yeah. and all that and, and he was absolutely saying hey look it, these, these people that kind of want to be entrepreneurs and they go clean out their 401ks and they they get into this um, business you know basically a hundred grand or 150 grand in debt to themselves essentially and then they don't have the income coming in you know, now every month from that, that nine to five job. And then they jump out there and they can't make ends meet. He's like, Hey, look, you just got to give stuff up. You got to be disciplined. You got to go all in, um, work, you know, multiple jobs, have your, uh, your one job that you're making the money that makes ends meet. And then after you can do this successfully for six months, 12 months, you know, 24 months where your company is making a profit. And then you've got to the point where it is, you know, replacing the income that you've got. Then you can look at, well, Hey, what if I did this all the time and worked on this business exclusively those 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day instead of doing eight somewhere else and then another four, five, or six. You know, uh, that that's really how you uh, make that decision. And that's And that's why there's so much failure. You know, people jump out there and they talk about the business failure rates. And I think it's because so many people, they really don't want to have a boss and they think, oh, I'll just go do this on my own. And then they don't have the discipline to go back in and actually uh, work those 12, 13, 14, 15 hours a day. I, I jokingly say, you know, now that I'm a, a business owner and have been for, you know, a couple of decades, um, I only work half days now. It was it was kind of a, a blessing in a way. It's a blessing and a curse, but on Saturday night I had for one of my businesses uh, a customer call me and um, it was Saturday night at 8 o'clock and, and it's like, man, I could easily let it go to voicemail, but I'm like, hey, no problem. What's up? What do you need? What can I do for you? And it's just kind of grinding it out. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, that's what you've got to do. I pick up the phone on a Saturday night whenever I'm winding down, but go ahead and help them out, get it taken care of. And it, and it kind of, uh, like I said, is a blessing and a curse. It made me smile a little bit because I got somebody calling me on a Saturday night. They think enough of me to get it done and they need some help. And, uh, but then on top of that, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where if you're an entrepreneur, there's not uh, an answering service that takes care of it for you. It's, it's, it's one of my startups and, uh, it just, you have to be there and do what you got to do when you got to do it. So, um, guys, that was absolutely great content for our ambitious listeners. And, um, as we mentioned earlier, we'll have a show notes page for, uh, for each one of the guests every single time and no different here. We'll have uh, Howard and Lenny, a page, and you can go check out all the notes, uh, to all the different things that they talked about, the books, the, the different things that are there. And uh, after a brief word from our sponsors, we'll hear more from Howard and Lenny about how their career pursuits and their experiences of becoming an uh, ambitious entrepreneur have changed throughout the years right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. 
you recently notified by a major retailer that there was a data breach and that your personal information had been compromised? When was the last time that you viewed all of your credit reports? Was it when you refinanced your home or maybe when you purchased a new car a couple of years ago? If so, go to roadtoblack.com. Come to make sure that you have not been a victim of identity theft. You might have also recently heard that more than 21 million government employees and contractors' personal data was breached, including their social security numbers. Roadtoblack.com offers credit monitoring with alerts, score tracking, and a score simulator. Could you be at risk? Only if you have a social security number. Roadtoblack.com offers a one-stop solution with the credit information you need to stay informed. You can review your past credit history, check your current credit scores, and even use a credit simulator tool to get insight into what your credit could look like tomorrow. Just go to roadtoblack.com to see what's on your credit today. That's road, the number two, black.com. Roadtoblack.com. As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an S.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle, but if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug? All right, guys, we're back. We've got Howard and Lenny here. We're going to talk about your professional you know, uh, endeavors and some of the adventures you guys have been on. We've talked a little bit um, a little bit about your past, but let me ask you this. Right now, today, how is it that you guys are generating the majority of your revenue? I guess the simple answer is just grinding it out. Uh, we run a, a call center uh, type environment here. Um, like Howard stated earlier, we have 30-plus licensed loan officers who every day, all day, are grinding and pounding the phone. Um, all of our sales are, are pretty much inside sales. Uh, the bank itself is licensed in uh, 47 states. Our branch is uh, licensed in 33 states. So while the guys are grinding it on the phone, uh, we've built up a, a support staff for our sales agents uh, in regards to um, having their income calculated. Just doing the day-to-day stuff that most sales guys don't want to do has been taken off their plate so that they can focus on what they love to do, which is sell. And then we segmented everything, even on the upfront process uh, where everyone is a specialist, almost like a Henry Ford assembly line. Um, Howard, if you want to expand on it, I mean, that's yeah, absolutely. So it really accentuates on, we want people to focus on their strengths and we cover the weakness, uh, exactly how our partnership works. So typically a LO or a mortgage bank or a loan officer does four or five different things and they do them moderately well. The real thing that the thing that really matters, uh, I think, in our profession is if they can sell. Yeah. So loan officers that we bring in, all they have to do is sell. They have to bring in the business. The other things that we take care of that other typical loan officers um, are, are weighed down um, would be structuring the deal. Yeah. We have two or three guys and sales directors that all look at uh, credit, income, assets, and uh, basically render a decision whether this is going to be a file that we can fund. Um, calculating income, 
there's all typical W2 files or uh, W2 borrowers are really easy to do. We take all the difficult stuff like K1s, right? Um, and we, we calculate that for the LO so they don't have to get involved. We do a lot of the administrative tasks, which means we get the written VOEs, right? Um, and we disclose on the loans. We have a dis disclosure desk. And, and what that really does is it takes off uh, the loan officers or mortgage bankers plate of having to do all these other tasks and focus purely on building their book of business. Um, and so, you know, working here, if the LO uh, can't build a book of business, then they're missing the one key skill set, right? Or if they're not strong in sales, then this is probably not, uh, being an LO is probably not the profession they should be in, right? Uh, maybe there's a different position. But our primary, yep, go ahead, Doug. I was just saying, yeah, let me jump in real quick. Just, uh, you know, so one of the things that I found very impressive when I, when I went over to your, uh, to your office is, you know, you talked about structuring the deals. And, you know, an analogy that I've used uh, over the years is, is, is with juggling. So, you know, a lot of people can take, you know, three balls and, and they can juggle them. And then some people can juggle, you know, four balls, five balls, you know, whatever amount of them. And then some people can juggle, you know, knives and some people can juggle flames and some people can juggle chainsaws when they're going, right? Now, the reality is it takes a different skill set to do that. And so what I really love about what you guys have done from a business uh, strategic decision is you have uh, taken people that are really, really, really great at juggling balls. I mean, they can juggle balls like nobody's business, but you're not forcing them to learn how to do knives or flames or chainsaws or anything else. You have people that juggle balls real well in those other uh, areas that can really set it up to where a salesperson, for instance, and it's and I'm not trying to lower a, a licensed loan officer down to just kind of quote unquote just being a, a salesperson. However, they like to build relationships with people. They like to talk to people. They like to make it rain. You know, reality is they don't like to do a bunch of paperwork. They don't like to chase a bunch of stuff. They just <laughs> want to make it rain. And so yep. with, with that being said, you guys have a system that has allowed these guys um, to do what they're really, really good at. And the people that are very good at the details and the structure of the deal um, are, are the ones that are doing that. They may not be as good at the customer-facing piece, but they're great at what they do. And you put that whole package together, and what it does is – it takes the customer's experience and makes it out of this world because they're not getting jerked around by somebody that doesn't really know what they're doing and that kind of quote-unquote salesperson, hey, don't worry about it, wink, wink, I got it covered. You know, they're going to know right up front, is this possible or is this not possible? And your guys, you know, because of the structure of the deal, right off the bat can let that, you know, let them know. And, and I know there's some back office stuff. I don't know all the details on it, but you, you, you had alluded to it a while back. Um, in one of our conversations, I don't, I don't know if it was on today's show or, or just another conversation, Howard, that we had had, but some of the things with underwriting and other things that you guys have brought in-house and the proportions of how that works, um, and, and you have great compensation, but you, you really do things um, that make, you know, just, it really gets you the best people. I had a, a former business partner that used to say, if you pay peanuts, you can get a bunch of monkeys, and, uh, you, you know, I know that you guys have have a different model than that. So so kind of what is your, you know, how, how does that work within your, you know, within your model? I'll jump onto the front side just real quick. So, yes, this uh, not only do the salespeople good at what they do, but they we focus on stuff that they enjoy. So uh, if they're, it, they've got to love going out and forming relationships, right? And, 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 and 
analytics guys, the ones that do the structuring, they've got to love looking at different deals and finding a solution, just problem solving and calculating income. They've got to learn how – they've got to love, uh, you know, being detail-oriented and, and uh, you know, using Excel. Um, on the flip side, you know, they're selling a product, and it's service. It really is service. It comes down to just one word, service, whether that service is accuracy whether that service is efficiency, whether it is multiple touches, whether it's on point, whether, you know, Lenny will expand on, you know, how we provide the service. And it's quite different from anything I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely take my, my operations department is run like a sales department. Uh, we, we, we push files. Uh, we're, we're, we're constantly evolving, constantly finding even the smallest minute deficiencies and seeing how we can make it better. And it's not just a blanket, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's almost like a committee meeting between me, Howard, and even that person in that department. And we'll look at it and we'll see where the inefficiencies are. And then we'll go ahead and we'll repair those efficiencies and make it way more efficient. Sorry for using that word so often. But what we've done um, is build this company for salesmen by salesmen. So everything is done in-house, okay? So everything, I mean, if you're a salesman or you're an entrepreneur, the one thing that you always want is control. I mean, no one doesn't want to feel like they're in control of the file of the entire loan process. So unlike some other uh, net branches out there, we actually do everything right here under one roof. So from my loan officer taking the application to the processor processing the file, underwriting decisions, even funding is done right here in-house. What that allows us to do is to have a constant communication throughout the entire file flow. There's never an instance where a file is sitting on someone's desk and we don't know exactly what's going on with that file. Um, we also uh, take a different stance than most other mortgage companies uh, out there in that we prefer to be overstaffed at all times in our operations department. I like to be at at least a 50% overage for that next big loan officer to bring his book of business or for that next big realtor to go ahead and start funneling deals through our process. It's all about service to us. It's not just with the customer. It's also with our referral partners. We treat everyone with like they're A+. Plus. Like everyone deserves to close on their loan in a timely fashion, and they deserve to be communicated throughout the entire process. So it sounds pretty basic, but it really that's really all it is. And then, we, of course, we hire the right people as well. I mean, that's, that's the key. The key is to pay the people what they deserve to be paid, and then they're loyal to you. It's much easier for me to hire someone train them and keep them for a few years than to constantly have a revolving door every six months of people coming and going. That just doesn't happen in our branch. I've had my girls with me and my guys with me for the last three or four years. No one leaves. And I can assure you the doors are not locked from the inside. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, and that's, I think, the last part is super key, having the right staff. We've uh, The guys here are paid a very, very good salary. We go to great extent to find talent. I think the last underwriter that we, we brought on board, we pursued them for about seven or eight months, and we typically pay 20 30% at least over market rate because we feel we're going to get two times production. 
Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with, uh, and we talked about this earlier in the tech world. We call them rock stars. Well, typically rock stars are the ones that are much more talented, but you'll have to pay, you know, maybe maybe it is two times, but they will give you the performance of 10 guys. And uh, if, if, if you're a talented person, we'd love to, I mean, that's what makes this job interesting. You ask us why we do this. Yes, it's great to grow a business, but we want to grow it with the right people. We want to come in the office and really interact with creative, like driven, you know, motivated people. Um, and we find that no, the best way is to pay people what they're worth or even exceed their expectations on that front. So nothing expense, no, nothing, uh, there's no expense like deferred on bringing the right guys. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you know, you guys have been working together for quite a while now. If you could go back to any point, and, um, and this is kind of a general question, not just with your business. I'm saying it could be in life. But if each one of you could kind of just give a, a succinct answer on, um, if you could go back and change one thing um, in the past, when would you have changed that? Uh, what would it would have, and what would it have been? And then what were you doing at that time in your life? So it's not necessarily why you were partners. I'm just saying in general in life. Lenny, you want to take this one first? <laughs> sure. Um, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, uh, if I had to go back, um, I was a 21 year old kid working on Wall Street when. Uh, those two planes crashed into those two towers. Um, I uh, regret, or I would like to go back, and I wish I would have uh, served this great nation and uh, went into the military um, for a few years. I really, I, I think that would have been a, a life-changing experience for me. Uh, I didn't do it because at the time I was doing, I was doing pretty darn well as a 21-year-old kid, raising raising a few nickels. Um, let that get in the way of where my heart really wanted to go. I am first-generation American, but my, uh, my family back in uh, Eastern Europe is, is a military family. So I guess that would be the only thing. Go back to the age of 21, 22, and go ahead and sign those papers and uh, get shipped out, to be honest with you. That's, that's pretty cool. You know, there's, there's a lot of folks that, that got revved up and, and went and served and you know, we are always appreciative of uh, of our of our veterans and and the folks that have served in in, in the military and public servants in general. You know, they're they're never uh, compensated in in uh, financial ways as as to what they deserve, and and a lot of times they're not treated uh, as they are uh, as, as they should be. But I, I am always just just generally so overly appreciative because it's it's them making the sacrifices that they make to protect and preserve. This great United States of America and, and this this uh, uh, democratic system that we have, and it makes entrepreneurs that um, you know. You, uh, I think Howard said something about being born uh, having the the birth lottery. I mean, I literally think about that sometimes myself. I think about um, you know what did I do to be special to be born in America, to be born in Texas, which is one of the best you know markets in the world, and mm-hmm. um, and just I to agree. be able to go out and work hard. And make it happen. I mean, I, I think I've got, I think I'm a relatively sharp guy, but I'm not like some kind of super duper genius. But I work hard and I make it happen. But I know a lot of people that work hard that they don't have two nickels to rub together. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely appreciative of, of that opportunity. How what about you? So I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't go overseas till I was about 27, 26. I think if there's one thing I would have changed, uh, man, I, I probably wish I had done. Uh, study abroad or worked abroad early on um, because the moment 
I went overseas and met different people in different cultures and different countries. That was it was it was a game changer. Uh, I could never be the same again. Um, you know, I, I was raised in North Dallas, and you know, it's look, there's certain expectations or people value certain specific things, and they're not. It's not bad or good, but you fall into that mindset. But the moment you strip that away and you go to a completely different culture and you you stay there, not just on vacation where you stay at a resort, but you go there, you you see from their perspective and what they go through, uh, you kind of find your own voice. You find out what is meaningful to you, stripped of all the social pressure stripped of all the context of the culture that you brought up you see like uh you really find what's meaningful um for you long term and to me i wish i'd found that a little bit early on yeah um you know that's 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 great stuff i was actually talking to my daughter the other day about she just finished up her freshman year in college and i asked her hey are you are you looking at any you know traveling abroad or studying abroad or doing any of that and they've, they've got some different programs with her school where they're doing that, and and, uh, she's like, well, and this is kind of funny, she's like, well, they got this program down in Austin that you can go for, like, on your spring break, and I said, no, 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 I mean, like, studying abroad, not just, you know, like a a cram class or some kind of a Mexico over spring break. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and, you know, so so with that being said, no, it's it's interesting, and I think the other cultures, it, it, it definitely allows you to be, you know, more culturally diverse and understand, you know, other people's thinking and, and, uh, you know, one of the one of the questions that I often ask, and, and we don't have to get into it in this segment, it may be something you guys have processed through, but is, is just something that, you know, something that you've changed your mind on in the last, you know, five years to a decade that you were kind of like, this is how I feel about it, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you were exposed to a little other information or a different culture or something, and um, and then based upon that new information, you've kind of either not gone so hard in, in, in the direction you were going before or maybe have, you know, just changed your thoughts on something. So um, that's that's one thing that, uh, you know, experience and exposure to other things tends to um, uh, allow you to have a broader view of of, uh, of the world. And, and sometimes it does it change your mind or at least makes you intolerance can be a good word or a bad word in different situations, but it can make you a little bit more tolerant or understanding of, of, you know, the direction or why people are coming from stuff the way they are. So, well, guys, that, that wraps up this segment and uh, really do, uh, you know, appreciate all the great content. Um, you know, if you are tuning in right now, uh, if you want to hear the full uncut version of this on uh, from the radio, you can go to ambitiousradio.com on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio and get the full uncut version of today's episode. Tune in after the break whenever we'll hear more from Howard and Lenny uh, on the things that they are currently doing and what is next right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story. It's a day this family had dreamed of for quite some time. They were finally getting that brand new SUV. The salesperson at the auto dealership gave them the keys and told them to take it for the weekend. He'd prepared the documents and called them Monday morning. The kids had already installed the headrest DVD when the phone rang. Seems there was a problem with their credit they were unaware of. They'd have to return the SUV to the dealership immediately. Embarrassing to say the least. www.repairmycreditnow.com Hello, this is Doug Parker with repairmycreditnow.com. Do you have less than perfect credit, a repo, maybe some late payments, a collection account? Are they being reported accurately? 
Studies show that over 70% of Americans have inaccuracies on their credit reports. Where do you fit in? Go to RepairMyCreditNow.com for your free credit report evaluation. And remember, your credit is your future. If you want to get started now, log on now. RepairMyCreditNow.com RepairMyCreditNow.com www.RepairMyCreditNow.com Back in here on the show, it's Ambitious Radio Network. Hey, are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system? Consider grasshopper.com. You get to keep your existing number, you have multiple extensions, voicemails transcribed, and no new hardware. Grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system. Let's get back to the show with Doug Parker. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Ambitious Radio Network. Today we're talking to Howard Lee and Lenny. You know, now, Lenny, what is it? Ujic? Yep, there you go. The case silent in the middle there. Man, that thing throws me off. I, I, I get it, and then I almost threw it off there. But, yeah, we got Lenny Ujic here with us, and uh, th- these guys are with Nations Lending, and uh, they are really knocking it out of the park with merging kind of a traditional business with some high technology and, um, you know, very much measuring KPIs and all types of uh, maximizing people's uh, their, their best talents and strengths and minimizing their weaknesses and just really building a, an explosive company. I can't wait to see what this thing does over the next, uh, you know, six to 12 months and, and, and beyond. But um, let's talk about, you know, a little bit about what's next and then maybe how you guys come up with those types of things. Um, you know, I know that this is kind of the launch uh, and, and really like putting it on steroids with this business. But whenever you consider things to work on, how do you you know, how do you come up with what's next, and and um, and then where do you go from here, and then how do you stay focused on it? So, I guess I'll go first on this one. Um, currently, you know, we're in the mortgage space, and there are so many industries and so many interesting things happen in our business right now. Um, uh, consumer behavior is changing. Um, the technology is changing. So, just on the businesses that are parallel ancillary, upstream, downstream, there's just a ton, a ton of opportunities. I would say real estate, residential real estate, and the financing of that real estate is a huge part of our economy. Um, so, you know, right, right now we're looking on how to adapt to the way consumers are looking at information, making their decisions. Um, it can be many different ways, right? Right now we're seeing uh, they're approaching, uh, they're, they're transitioning from the face-to-face handshake to really doing all their businesses online. And we're not the only one, right? I think we can go back uh, into history and see how that behavior is changing across all industries. Um, Lenny and I have uh, a philosophy of, of adapt or die. So uh, month by month, what was working before, we're starting to see that it has less traction, right, less lifetime value, and we're having to make changes rapidly. What we can say is um, our demographic, uh, just because of the way you know, the demographic in general, our market, we're seeing a younger borrower. you know, And coming with a younger borrower, there's a younger realtor. And the way the borrowers communicate with that realtor or the way the borrowers communicate with the builder or how they choose that realtor or builder or how they choose a loan officer or the bank that they use. Um, it's, it's starting to stray away from the traditional brick and mortar where they have, you know, the millennial, let's call them, you know, call that term millennial, has to go into, you know, 
Parker and Preston and go into that Bank of America and talk to you know their mortgage banker after they've done a transaction with their uh, with their teller. Uh, I I think things are changing so rapidly. Uh, let me let me ask you this. You know, when it comes to like uh, mentoring and you know people that you might be following, um, I, I know that that Howard's got a couple folks that he's uh, you know working with as well. But but what about you? What what types of things are you doing? Are are do you have anyone mentoring you right now, or any CEOs? Anything you're following? Yeah, no, actually, that uh, that Wake Up Warrior project, the uh, the the owner, the CEO, has uh, really uh, opened his doors uh, to being a direct mentor uh, for me. It's uh, his name's Garrett uh, J. White. Um, he was actually in the mortgage industry uh, before before the collapse, so he's he's pretty pretty astute and in depth knowledge of like the inner workings of a mortgage company. Um, my whole thing is always, you know. I read a lot as well. Um, one of the books that I love, and I'm sure a lot of the guys who are listening to this have read, is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, my favorite thing in that book is from Benjamin Franklin. It's a jack of all trades, a master of none. And I think that's what me and Howard have really implemented here at our branch. Yes, we're open to ideas. Yes, we're constantly learning. But in the end, we're sticking to what we know best and we're not going outside of our box we're just constantly making that box bigger badder and more efficient if that makes sense it really does and you know there were so many nuggets that i picked up in in this section the talking about the channel dictating the financial terms and 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 you know whether it's the mortgage space or or any other space out there there are so many that are filled with slow adapters and the problem is, is uh, like you said, the consumer behavior, uh, it's rapidly changing. And so, uh, you know, those that cannot adapt become extinct. And I think as what you said, adapt or die. But, um, but with those things being said, I mean, this is just a great information. Guys, if you're looking at becoming an entrepreneur or if you're already an entrepreneur and you have uh, jumped out there and, and you're looking for ways to get better. You know, these books that you keep hearing, they are reoccurring themes. Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I mean, there's a lot of different ones that are out there, There's but it's just fundamentals. It's the basic fundamentals of, of business, hard work, doing what's right. But, but with technology and what's going on in this day and age, um, sometimes that is not enough. And you really have to adapt, be quick on your feet, be nimble. And uh, and then also be laser focused on what you're doing. So like you like you said, you're not a, a you know a, a jack of all trades and a and a master uh, of none. So um, so anyway, with with all that being said, guys, this is great times, ambitious radio. We love all this great content. After we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be uh, discussing more with Howard and Lenny on things that they do to recharge their ambitious body, minds, and spirits. Right here on the Ambitious Radio Network. start shopping for a car, you go in thinking that this time you're really going to get a great deal. Then the haggling starts. You have to fence with a salesman over the price, then verbally joust with a finance manager over the interest rate and all the extras they want to sell you. By the time you get out of there, you're glad to have escaped with your watch and rings. Stop the insanity. There's a better way, and that's to lease your next car from Autoflex Leasing. Call the leasing specialist at Autoflex, and you'll find that getting your next car can be fast, easy, and fun. Your Autoflex specialist leases all makes and models, both new and used. The 
They'll also pick up your trade-in for an appraisal and deliver your new car to your home or office. Imagine leasing your next car and never having to go to a dealer. Happens every day at Autoflex Leasing. To see for yourself, call Autoflex today at 817-972-234-1234 or reach them at autoflex.com. Autoflex Leasing, a better way to lease your next car. And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit, made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker. All right, today we've been talking with Howard and Lenny from Nations Mortgage. They're successful entrepreneurs and really high-growth experts, and so their business is really taking off, and we're looking to see how they can kind of weave in this high-tech new um you know, kind of new energy, if you will, with kind of an older business model. People have had mortgages since the beginning or the dawn of, of civilization, uh, you know, uh, I assume. But uh, but they're finding ways to make it more efficient and really a better customer experience uh, for the folks that are that are out there getting the mortgages. So with, with those things being said, we're going to talk a little bit about when they're so hard charging. They're grinding it out. They're doing whatever it takes um, uh, on that program. Um, what is it that they do to recharge and kind of re- refill uh, their their tanks? So uh, jump in, guys, just as you uh, as you see fit. I know you talked about meditation a little bit earlier, uh, Lenny. What, so do you have a program that you follow? I saw something called Headspace.com the other day that looked kind of interesting. How do you go about meditating? I was uh, I was actually taught. Um, I'm actually uh, jumping into uh, the mar- martial arts uh, myself now. I'm actually um, I'm just started being a student of uh, Shaolin Temple Kung Fu. I have a, uh, a child, childhood friend who's become, I guess they call him Sifus. Um, so he's uh, been giving me some basics on meditation. And as an entrepreneur, as someone who's got a million things going through their head, I, my biggest question was, how do you meditate? What is meditation? You know, when do I know when I'm meditating or not? And his, his answer is pretty simple. He said, the only wrong way to meditate is to not meditate at all. So if you take some time out, you, you block some space out, and you breathe, and you create that space, that's all you're looking to do. You're not looking to, uh, you know, go to the universe and back or anything to that effect. You're just looking to create some quiet time and some pit space so that you can re-energize, refocus, and see things clearly. And Honestly, I've been doing it for like the last few months or so, and it's been a total 180 on the way I've been able to handle stressful situations. I swear, just taking a couple minutes, two to three minutes, and I even have one where I I do some motion. So what I'll do is I'll take two or three deep breaths, and I'll do this here in the office as well. I'll take two or three deep breaths, I'll yell, (laughs) and then I'll do 20 push-ups on the floor, and then I'll do uh, two or three deep breaths after, and then all of a sudden I forgot what the stressful situation was, and I'm able to refocus, re-energize, and then retarget what my problem would be. And that's really it. That's that's my meditation. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, well, if, if it works for you, that's fantastic. Um, Howard, how about you? 
You know what? On the same lines, uh, I've been researching the, this in the last year. So w- one of the things I did in the past was travel by myself. I like to backpack. Um, and so, I mean, I have typically in a work day, uh, I'm surrounded by people um, and I have family here as well. And I'm constantly, you know, interacting with my relationships. Um, so I really enjoy stepping out, going to somewhere else where I don't know anybody and um, traveling um, without my phone on. Um, getting a little bit harder nowadays. So I've jumped into also meditation and this is, I don't, I don't follow any gurus or anything. I'm, I've, I'm kind of, I've kind of taken the whole learn on the internet. So I've, I've taken, uh, I've made it a point to spend, give myself at least 20, 30 minutes every day. Um, and to focus on nothing besides my thoughts. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of different schools of meditation. Some focus on, you know, controlling your breathing, you know, meditation through breathing, meditation through thoughts or subject matters. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of new age ones, but I think in general, yeah, I'm going to agree with Lenny. As long as you spend that time, you like anything else you spend, uh, just could be even like 15 minutes to gather your thoughts. Uh, really the return is great. It really puts things in perspective. Um, and again, it helps you gather your thoughts. Um, and so that's, that's nowadays I I try to do 20, 30 minutes by myself. Cool. Well guys, I truly do appreciate you carving out some time. I know we've been trying to get you guys on the schedule for a while and I always love doing these interviews because I feel like they learn uh, so much information by interacting with uh, others that are out there on the, on the edge of, of business and, and making it happen and uh, love sharing it with others. As Zig used to say, um, if you help enough other people get what they want in life, you'll always have what you want. So I feel like that it, this this serves many purposes by being able to do this. So we want to thank our sponsors. We really appreciate you. Uh, Ambitious Radio could not do it without you. So tune in Wednesdays on Ambitious Radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs changing the faces of their organizations. Remember, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.